PSAs, or public service announcements, have been around on radio for many years. I came across a few that were made many, many years ago that ring true to this day. On this track, you will hear five back-to-back PSAs, beginning with one about the cost of living going up, two PSAs about freedom and guarding freedom in America, one featuring Jack Benny talking about intolerance and how it can lead to the destruction of a country, and the last one is on voting. Most of these are in the 19, from the 1940s and 50s. The FCC never required radio stations to run PSAs. They are not free advertising, as they must have a message that serves the public and not simply promote an organization's image. They must not be an overt plea for monetary support or donations. To be effective, broadcast PSAs have to be relevant to their audience, interesting or entertaining, and, ha- and leave the audience with a message that can be summarized in a single sentence. And many good PSAs are empathetic, meaning they build trust with the audience or encourage a sense of caring about a problem or subject. Finally, a PSA must answer the questions who, what, where, when, and why, using the strongest arguments. They must feature appealing characters and the right tone and information to persuade the audience to pay attention to the message and to act on it. So here are a collection of five old-time radio PSAs, most of which have standing in a message that is applicable to today, but they were and are indeed part of the programming on radio, and they have their own unique history. On another track, I will play some PSAs that were aired during World War II. This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Lovering, and I am your host. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. And you will undoubtedly hear it many more times as the days go by. Now, just in case you're hazy on exactly what it means, let me give you a rough idea. It means that the cost of your clothes and food has gone up to a point where the family budget has become somewhat strained. Well, that's one of those things. And you can't be expected to increase the family income. But there are some things you can do to help. For instance, take better care of your clothes. When you come home from school, change into old clothes before you go out to play. Take care of your health, because doctors and medicines are expensive. Eat well, but don't waste. Take your full share, but eat all you take. Try not to ask mother and dad to buy you things you don't actually need. Make the best and the most of what you've got. Try to be more than usually careful of your school equipment, such as paper, pencils, and so forth. Make them last and go as far as you possibly can. Remember that all members of a family must pull together at a time like this. So do your share. Less than 3% of the population were in towns of more than 10,000. Most immigrants lived on the land. But cities were beginning to flourish. Revolutionary Philadelphia, with its 40,000 inhabitants, was the first colonial city in size. New York was second with 25,000. Boston with 16,000, third. Charleston, the largest city of the South, numbered 12,000. America was growing. And in spite of all adversity, America was destined to continue its growth. Why? Possibly because America was a dream for freedom-loving people, then as it is today. For almost two centuries, Americans have enjoyed the valuable privileges of freedom. Now, freedom needs each American to dedicate himself to its preservation. 
We must not allow our liberties to be endangered by neglect of our duties as citizens. During this year of rededication, join with your fellow Americans in reaffirming the principles on which this country is founded and the safeguarding of those principles. Make it your business to see that federal, state, and local governments are conducted honestly. Help to maintain the good morale of your sons and daughters in the armed forces. Learn the facts about all candidates and issues. Then, vote for the one you believe in. Make the most of every minute on your job. Produce as much as you can, and thus increase our military and economic strength. Work for better schools and a better community. Guard your American heritage of freedom. It needs you. Ladies and gentlemen, the chief hope of our enemies is to divide the United States along racial and religious lines and thereby conquer us. Let's not spread prejudice. A divided America is a weak America. Through our behavior, we encourage the respect of our children and make them better neighbors to all races and religions. Remind them that being good neighbors has helped make our country great and kept her free. Thank you. Have you ever asked a naturalized American how he or she feels about the business of voting? If you have, it's probably given you a whole new slant on the matter. To those men and women who were born in other countries, the right to vote is a precious privilege and they line up before the voting booth on election day with the same high sense of pride and responsibility that one might feel upon being awarded some rare degree. Actually, the right to vote should give us all the same heady thrill. It is we, you and I, who determine the course of our country and the conditions of our own lives with those votes we cast on election day. Just one reminder, make sure your opinions will be counted. Make sure you cast your vote by being very sure to register. Registration days differ in varying localities. Check on the time in your community and get your name on the rolls. Then take advantage of all of America's media of communication for informing yourself on the issues involved. And then when Election Day comes, go to the polls with pride and responsibility and vote. 